Hello, friends. Uh, welcome back to Love Essie, the podcast. Uh, this is episode 1414. I can't believe that uh, when you guys hear this tomorrow, because I'm recording on Sunday, I will have put out 14 different episodes. It's been 14 weeks since my birthday. Yes, because the first episode I put out on December 30th. So it's been 14 weeks since my birthday. Oh my good. Oh my good. And uh, yeah, look at where we are. <laughs> Wish I could go back. Anyway, um, so in this week's episode, I'm talking about Kiss of Snow by Nalini Singh. Uh, which is, uh, I'm pretty sure it's book 10. If it's not, you can yell at me. Um, and this book, I really do enjoy this book. Um, also, okay, so I like don't want to focus on this because I feel like <laughs> you just have to turn on the news, but like, yay, quarantine, corona, end of times, apocalypse. So I've noticed and, um, Please let me know either on Twitter or on Instagram if you've seen, if you've noticed this. I am either reading paranormal or I'm reading historical. It's almost like contemporary is not really where I want to be. Maybe because I'm like, mm, real life, boo boo. Nah. That being said, there's like two books coming out that are both contemporary that I'm really excited about. So it's interesting. Like I'm currently reading two historicals. You might be like two historicals at the same time. Doesn't it get confusing? Eh, kind of. Not really. Um, and then, of course, I'm reading The Nolly Sings. And uh, there's another paranormal that's on deck. Uh, J.R. Ward's The Sinner. Um, so it's like I'm either like let me be in an alternate world or let me be in the past but like right right now I mean that's about to change but I did I was just like huh interessante interessante so yeah let me know what you guys are sort of like gravitating to in these um unprecedented times okay so as I usually do I'm going to talk about the book without spoilers then I'm going to talk about the book no 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 the other way i'm going to talk about the book without spoilers then i'm going to talk about the book with spoilers and then i'm going to briefly talk about the two historicals i'm reading and then the two contemporaries that are um one will be coming out when you guys hear this on monday the other one comes out in april and i'm very excited for both for different reasons um and so like of course i have to share that excitement with you so anyway Kids of Snow, no spoilers. So the book 10, um, the two, our two main characters are Hawk Snow and Sienna Lauren. And Hawk is Snow Dancer Alpha. Sienna is Psy, right? She is part of the Lauren family who defected from the Psynet. Um, and we've met, um, both her, her two uncles and her brother and cousin previous in previous books um her uncle judd is mated to brenna and they their book was book three chris by ice so i think that's when we first start to really hear about um in detail about the lauren family um but there's mentions of sienna and hawk and their interactions being hmm like question mark from pretty early on in the series um 
there's mention of her other uncle, uh, Walker. Uh, there's mention of her younger brother, Toby, and her younger cousin, Marley. So her family circle we've met before, but now the focus is on her. Um, and then obviously Hawk, we first hear about him, I believe in book, do we hear about Hawk and Slave to Sensation? I feel like we do. It's briefly mentioned. But we know of him. We've heard of him, obviously, um, during Judd and Brenna's book. We were in Snow Dancer. So we got to see more of him. And then we were back again in Snow Dancer for uh, Riley and Mercy's book, which is Branded by Fire. And we literally were just in Snow Dancer, the previous book, um, Play of Passion with Indigo and Drew. So similar to how all of the inner circle um that sasha that sasha and luke have or luke and sasha have gets their own books we're sort of starting to see that here um but also a whole lot of other things are happening um this book also specifically does have sort of a secondary love story which i don't i don't believe we get hints of coming couples in other books, um, but in this book, we clearly see the start um, of, a, of a relationship, and they this couple does end up getting their own novella in one of her um, novella anthologies, but sort of the first whole portion of their love story happens in this book, and you're like, are you going to tell us who? I mean, I feel like... I don't know if you guys would consider that a spoiler or not. So I I think I'm going to save it for the spoiler section. Um, I'll lead with it right in the spoiler section. So if you don't want to be spoiled, but you still want to know who the second couple is, you, you just have, you'll have to hear like the literally, I'll be like, and the couple is, and I'll tell you, and then I'll be like, it's spoiler time, you know, skip. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I don't have a problem with spoilers. If you have a problem with spoilers, you might be like, bitch, really? Really, though? Like, you couldn't have just kept your mouth shut and let it be a surprise? So since I don't want to ruin that in case that's how you feel, I won't say shit. Okay, so as at this point in the series, a lot of things have been happening. Um, Both the council is clearly coming to a point of sort of no return decisions have been put in place at the end of play of passion it was clear that major things were going to happen and those things start to happen in this book um this book i feel like as opposed to some of the others where we've had conflict and we've had violence but it's been like uh, smaller on a smaller scale this book really is like, ooh, girl, <laughs> small scale, no more, no more small scale. Hehe, <laughs> so sorry. Um, and so, walk, pff, Sienna and, uh, ooh, yeah, Hawk are coming together while their literal world is rapidly, rapidly changing. Um, Sienna's psi ability is also an ability that's been hinted at, but it hasn't really been talked about. And it is, if Judd's ability was rare, where like Sienna's is like, you know, 
one in a like trillion or something like some really ridiculously rare ability and it's crazy and it's a little like whoa what say that again huh um so it her ability is one of the conflicts that this couple has to um sort of work through the other one which it's interesting because it's mentioned in the book and yet it never felt weird technically sienna is 19 about to be 20 in at this point in the book i don't think she has a birthday yet i think that comes after and hawk is like at least 30 uh we i was looking trying to find out we know he becomes alpha of the pack at 15 which is like mad young all right and that's at least 15 years ago so he's at bare minimum 30 maximum 32 so there's an age gap and it sounded like eh, uh, you know but for example indigo and drew had an age gap of four years it's not four years right if he's 32 and she isn't even quite 20 that's like what 13 years which i wonder if the reason why i'm like don't really care is a it's paranormal um but i don't think that's it i think um what is made very clear throughout this book and even in previous books as we are as we have scenes with sienna is that she may be young in like physical age but her life experiences are have been the life experiences of someone much much older and there are definitely areas in her life where she is as young as a 19 year old if not younger but there are areas of her life where like she's as seasoned as any one of hawk's inner circle if not more which seems crazy to think like how could a 19 year old like what but her upbringing is is sad it's harsh and it's sad and i don't like it and I'm so glad she's out of that. Um, so we, I never like read it and was like, oh, creepy. I mean, I've also often read big age gaps. Um, I think I may have mentioned in a previous podcast, in a previous episode, sorry, that I was a big Diana Palmer fan. Um, I still do enjoy her to a degree, but like, ooh, talk about someone who loves to be like, homeboy's in his 30s you know pushing 40 and homegirls 20 21 virgin young inexperienced the list goes on um she always it was really rare for her to have a heroine or at least in in what i've read of her to have a heroine that wasn't like an inexperienced just barely legal uh woman so it's not like i have a problem with reading them I feel like I get a little bit more ached out now, maybe because I'm also much older. Uh, When I was reading a lot of the Diana Palmer, I was also in my early 20s. And uh, yeah, in my early 20s, I was like, an age difference of that magnitude is not crazy. Now, um, my ripe old age of 36, I'm like, yo, gross. (laughs) What was I thinking? So anyway, um, I think Nalini does a really, really... She 
does she makes you as a reader see that yes sienna age-wise is young and there are definitely things she has not experienced but what she has experienced yo that's some adult fucking shit and it isn't like haha fun shit nah (laughs) nah friend it's trash and it's it's like you're like sorry say that again i feel like this book because both hawk and sienna have backstories that are tragic tragic my friends i just mean you know think of the word tragic capitalized with flashing lights and um a mournful song um playing in the background um adagio for strings by sam i want to say samuel barber i could be wrong imagine that playing in the background well the word word tragic just flashes this describes these two characters and so them coming together it's like yay i'm so happy you guys found each other but good god i mean therapy anyone what huh um so this book really i think at this point we as a reader are like things are about even if i and i feel like i say this every book but it's like oh my god things are gonna pop off but like this is when like things go from small to like full-on scale like and it is really ooh, and i feel like we do see a lot of characters in this book um and I don't personally think that detracts from Sienna and Hawk's story. I think to be able to understand how the things that are happening around them work, we need to see all of these other characters. Um, because we, if not, we would be missing important pieces of the story. Um, so I really, so when I read this book, right, Hawk became like my favorite changeling. Um, he was like numero uno he eventually loses that spot and becomes numero dos uh because much much later i got to meet valentine and i (laughs) girls (laughs) love that man love that fictional character man um but there was something about hawk that i was like damn okay all right like shit i likes you i likes you here much um and i feel like I mean, there's obviously similarities between Hawk and Lucas. Um, oh, I'm just realizing they both lost their parents. Whew. Sorry. That, like, literally just crossed my mind. And I'm like, hot damn. Um, but there's something about Hawk. I feel like he's a little bit more of a douche. Or not, no, douche is the wrong word. Hmm, I'm not sure what word I'm looking for. If it comes to me, I'll obviously say. But yeah, I really, really like this book. There's a lot going on and um, it just left me like when I got to the end, I was like, 
because I think by the time I got to Kiss of Snow, I had finished, like I, you know, was up to date with all Zanellini things. So as opposed to when I started Branded by Fire, I like, I think I read forward as far as I could go and then went back to the beginning. At this point, there was like, I'd done all of that. So it was just like, I have to wait a year. Um, and so that felt very, very long. And it was just like, but what happens next? Um... But I had to wait, so I did. It sucked. I mean, no, it it was I was fine. Like I'm fine, but I was just like, book, book. Where is it? Where is it? Um, but yeah. So I don't know what else I can say about this book without like, boiling it, and you'd be like, how could you? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's all I got. So I'm gonna pause here. And then when I come back, I will tell you who the second couple is in case you wanted to know. And then I'm going to go all in with spoilers. So, you know, listen accordingly. All right. So in case you're like, who is the second couple? It's Walker and Laura. And you're like, Walker, Walker, uh, Lauren, right? He is Judd's older brother, Sienna's uncle, uh, Marley's father, also uncle to Toby. And Laura, La- sorry, not Laura, Laura, who I just realized I don't remember her last name, who is a snow dancer healer. They are the secondary couple and it is their, the way that they come together. I feel like because we get their second, because we get their story in this book, we also get to really, really understand the Lauren family um why they may like we get to understand so much more about that specific family which helps us to understand hawk and sienna and walker and lara lara whatever okay so from here on out from this moment this moment in time i'm going to spoil it so if you're like bitch i hate spoilers just skip to the next section when I'm going to talk about them historicals and them two contemporaries that you got to get because, you know, you need books in this, in this time. Okay. All right. So Hawk and Sienna, uh, age gap, kind of crazy, right? It's like 19, 30 something. What? Uh, if this was a real, real life, I'd be like, if you don't get your almost pedophile ass away from her um so i i then i'm like oh okay well i'm reading a paranormal and it doesn't bother me why doesn't it bother me right i mean part of it is probably i'm such an alini sing stand that i'm just like she can do no wrong how dare you say a word against her that is unkind i will come and i will hunt you down i mean no i won't we're supposed to be social distancing everyone which that means physical distancing. You can still talk to your friends just through video screens. Um, no, I think part of why this works really, really well. Sienna's not. Sienna's physically or she is 19 because she's had 19 birthdays. But she was placed in Ming LeBong's LeBon, LeBon, not LeBong, <laughs> LeBon's care when she was five right they defect when she's what 16 so it's oh it has been three years oh anyway sorry yeah she's 16 when they de- defect 
So that's what, 11 years with a psycho? With a man whose only focus was crafting her into the perfect weapon? Now, I haven't yet said what her ability is, I don't think. Or I think I just briefly said it. She's an XI. Um, and basically, she is like a living bomb. <laughs> and you're like, oh, is, what? Excuse me? Yes, a living bomb. And she, uh, I think she said it comes from Excardo. Like something in Latin meaning to burn or the flaming ones so two things two things i say this but there's many things i believe it's either in play of passion or uh bonds of justice uh nikita gets a book for sasha which is about empaths and it's written by alice eldridge who was a human who was like doing research into different side designations she does the ease the empaths and then there's rumor that she does a book about the exes right so here's the thing uh she doesn't actually end up doing the book about the exes um she is so throughout the book um usually at the end of a chapter there are email correspondences between Alice and her parents where she talks about the research she's doing and they're obviously dated and it's literally in the years leading up to the implementation of silence so if you so you can easily extrapolate that if someone is doing research on Psy and then the Psy are like, we're going to go silent. And you as a research person realize, hmm, my research might be used in a negative fashion. You might be the kind of person who's like, I can't allow this research to exist and be corrupted. And that is essentially what happens. Um, the research sort of is wiped clean. Now, I oh, I totally forgot to mention Sienna is a cardinal ex. In the email exchanges that Alice has with her father, um, the highest gradient ex she gets to speak to is, I think, under a three on the gradient scale. Uh, and I believe that young man knew a girl who was a 4.2 and died. And Alice talks about how none of the exes survive past 25. Now, Sienna's 19. Okay, guys? In case you're like, I am lost. So, what the picture that is being painted is XI, don't make it past 25. XI, who are significantly weaker in power than Sienna, die. So, how can we expect Sienna, who is a cardinal? AKA Chower, AKA Power off the charts, how is she expected to survive? So let's get back to like, you know, the love story part, right? Hawk, who has, you know, tragic backstory, 
met his what would the woman who would have been his future mate as a child he was five or six she was three something like that she dies when he's 10 and he the idea is because wolves only mate once and and the woman the child who would have grown into the woman who would have become his mate has died the idea is well that there was my one chance it's gone her name is Teresa. he calls her Risa Risa's gone and then it's over at one point Sienna does challenge that and is like but you didn't actually mate with her like there was no mate bond because y'all were children so is that like reality or are you just like using that as an excuse and being a coward and I did think it was really interesting that these two people who've suffered so much and who would obviously treasure a love of their own so much because of of the sheer amount of loss that they've had to endure are paired together and yet one of them is a literal taking time home because when we're shown throughout the previous books that sienna's power is increasing uh at one point she's had to leave snow dancer's den and spend more time with dark river to sort of get her emotional um stability because that's making her power fluctuate and who makes her emotionally unstable but hawk because there's from the jump there's been some sort of there's been a bond so it's all like all of these things you're just like wait 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 what um and so amongst these two finally getting to a point where it's like we either figure out if we're doing this or or what henry scott a counselor and shoshana and pure sire like we're gonna try and wipe out san francisco and the changelings and nikita and anthony Kariakis. and things come pure side does attack and it is you know gruesome and so many things happen um and sienna sienna's power gets to you know what's called synergy where she literally can burn everything um ming apparently had said that if she ever hit synergy and went supernova she could take out a continent um and so obviously it's like her going aka basically nuclear is like oh god and um in the email exchanges with that Alice has with her father, she mentions that she has a theory because there is one ex that she gets to speak to who is has been raised with her family. And I feel like in this case, Nalini is very sort of loose about the clues. But what we realize is Walker... Sienna's uncle has a spinning sort of helix helix symbol in his like mind like if you're on this you know in the lorinette or whatever um that appeared once he was an adult but because it didn't detract from his power it was like okay we're not sure what what's going on and because it helped him gauge the his um students sort of telepathic ranges or something like that um it, it seemed it was deemed that oh okay this has come about to help with the what the job you basically do 
we'll find out almost this comes very much towards the end of the book no this is what alice saw in that one family that she was able to sort of do her research on and she was able to get an eside to go and look for what she hypothesized and what that is walker walker's mind will act as a valve to take sienna's raw power filter it and return it to the neural network she's in without murdering everyone in sight and you're like what i mean it's really cool i do feel like sienna's power feels very like x-men mutant um in i mean i guess you would say that about all of them but hers feels very like i guess in my mind i picture her like jean gray from x-men you're like it's just it's just what i'm thinking so some of the things we also find out in this book walker was teacher to arrow children aka children were being groomed to be arrows which is what judd was groomed to be now they weren't walker never taught judd um but they you know connected later um and oh so what is clear is that even in silence right the lauren family had a bond a familial bond and when i say the lauren family i specifically mean the siblings and they had a bond that allowed for them to somehow still stay connected and maintain those levels of bond even in silence and considering what they all did so walker worked with arrow children gifted you know sort of telepath their sister uh sienna and toby's mother who does take her life was like a cardinal um telepath judd is you know just below cardinal level as a tk uh sienna is cardinal i believe toby was is also yes toby is cardinal and then Marley. So this was a family that not only created really high gradient um, psi, but somehow these three siblings maintained a connection. Uh, Judd finds his older brother because he gets, you know, sent off to be part of the Arrow program, but he finds his older brother later when he's a teenager and they bond and that connection is maintained through these three siblings which is then allows them to bond with their the with the the kids that come from the well technically judd has no kids but walker has his daughter marley christine leaves behind two children sienna and toby so when sienna's power when ming starts to realize exactly how powerful and brilliant she is um and and just in general the entire family is clearly a un uh, is clearly strong which means they could be deemed threat the um rehabilitation order is for everyone with lauren blood what we find out uh when walker is sharing his past with lara lara is that marley's mother was cohabitating with him because they were they were co-parenting marley together so because her name is yellen 
because she doesn't have Lauren blood. Um, she wasn't part of the rehabilitation order. Um, she was also pregnant with what would have been Walker's second child. She aborts said baby because, well, uh, the whole family is being rehabilitated and she leaves. Um, and so the Lawrence then do defect and end up in snow dancer. And then we get to where we are today, but reading all of that makes you then think as a reader, okay, if only some of this information had been around, how many other people could have been saved? And obviously silence as a protocol has many, many, many negative sort of um, repercussions, but there have been some benefits, right? It has allowed people like Judd, like Sienna to reach adulthood, which pre-silence might not have been the case, might actually have been the norm for them to die. So I, I just, I was like, huh, okay. So, so yeah, so this book is, ooh, we also get, I, I did not see this coming. Some of you might be like, hey, sir, really? You did not see it coming? I didn't. Judd asks his contact, the ghost, to search for the second manuscript um, that Eldridge was supposedly working on about the XI. The ghost doesn't find a manuscript because there isn't one. But the ghost does find something else. He finds Alice Eldridge herself. Because Alice's parents are informed that she dies in a climbing accident. But she's not actually dead. She's in cryonic suspension. Yeah, kind of wild. It's been a hundred years. I believe her parents were told she is passed in 75, 76. So silence hasn't been implemented yet, but it's, you know, year, just a few years away. And we're now in 2081. And the ghost finds her body and gives her to Judd, who brings her to Snow Dancer. And she has a brief moment of lucidity, and he's asking her questions because Sienna is critical, and she is the one who mentions the valve, which is what Walker um, is. Something that no one really realizes until after. Um, And so this book, I feel like this book really is like, okay, so this whole protocol that we have been showing, that Nalini has been showing us is bad for these and these and these and these reasons, it's going to fall. And the start of that fall is now. Um, And a lot of things are going to come into question. There are Sasha and Lucas have their baby and it's a girl and it's awesome but it's also like oh my god what is going on so a lot a lot happens in this book we meet no we've already met Aiden and Aiden and Vasek but we see them again in this book they're no longer aligned with Ming they are aligned with Caleb but like there's questions there and just 
the reality of the massive changes in flux um, are being sort of shoved in our faces. Now, this book does have a few sen- There were many sentences that stuck out to me. This first one that I'm going to read to you guys sticks out to me because I think it also describes the kind of um, female main character I absolutely am fascinated by and love and adore. Um, this is, uh, it's like Hawk's sort of thought. Um, and it goes, I'm going to start. No, Sienna carried within her a deep, deep core of strength that had etched itself onto her face. This was a woman who would stand her crown come what may. Until a predatory changeling male that was both purest temptation and the most enticing challenge. Now, I'm reading this to you guys because this is, the sentence is sort of letting us know why Hawk is fascinated by Sienna. Why even in spite of her actual physical age, we can understand why a man in his power, in his, at his level, would be attracted to her but it just made me think of how much I enjoy when I'm reading romance novels heroines who are so strong who have to shoulder so much and to be able to see them find the partners that will allow them to be vulnerable to take moments to be to just be, to not be leader in charge, you know, sort of holding everything, everyone together. I love those kinds of books. I, I There's something about that, that that's like my personal catnip, like give me more. Um, and I, I felt like that just sort of so clearly explained that and I was like hmm let me share now the next one is <sighs> so there is a scene there Hawk and Judd are talking about Sienna right and we've been shown before that when changeling whenever changeling women are being courted the men in their lives, um, their fathers, siblings, uncles, who are male, will have a conversation with whoever is courting her and be like, you heard her and I will tear you apart and hide your bones where no one will ever find you. Good luck. And Hawk and Judd are talking and Hawk is kind of like, why are you not like telling me to fuck off and leave her alone? And he's kind of pissed about that, like, because in hit as a changeling alpha, he sees that as like, do you not give a fuck about your niece? And do I then have to beat the shit out of you? And Judd says something that I was like, sheesh, ouch. Um, Not ouch and like, but like, damn, your point makes sense. Judd says, you insist on seeing her as a child when the truth is, she was forced to make adult decisions long ago. She's earned the right to live her life as she pleases. 
And I read that and I was like, this, he's right, right? Sienna has been through so much and has had to fight so hard to be alive and stable. Like, (laughs) she deserves to get to live the life she wants to live and to sort of stand in the way of that would be kind of like what are you doing and I was like oh Judd um and so this book now this book I think also does something really interesting up until this point right we've well I'm trying to think the examples that we've had of mated couples, um, Lucas's parents, all the couples that we've seen so far, with obviously the exception of the ones that aren't, you know, quite like Max and Sophia's bond is different because that's obviously human inside, whatever. But the idea that you might be able to self-find love even if it isn't your mate seems sort of out there right and in the previous book play of passion riaz who's come home from being abroad has found his mate but she's happily married to another man and he's just like well that's not gonna work i like i can't ruin her life for her to be with me i would that would never make either one of us happy and so and yet with hawk's book right huck met the person who would have become his mate in the future and she died and he is able to still mate so then it's it it begs the question okay is meaning as absolute as everyone believes it is and what does that mean in in for 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 other characters that we may meet along the way um and i i'm saying this because briaz gets his own book and this question comes up a lot um obviously in his book but yeah this book does many things it gives us again two love stories and it shows us so much about how silence as awful as it is is the reason why sienna is alive today so what does that mean for the future because if silence is bad but it allowed for people with sienna's abilities to survive what do you then do do you get rid of silence completely do you modify it like what are the next steps um and that question will come up again and again and again in different ways for different characters um and it'll just be really i i'm still really curious to see um what kind of examples we're gonna see for example in alpha night which comes out june 9th Guys, I'm going to tell you guys, it comes out June 9th, I think, every time we talk. Why? Because, why not? I love it. 
Um, I'm trying to think of if there was any other thing I wanted to mention in this book. I don't think so. Um, I think it's a, I think it's done really well. Like I said, there's an age gap, but I like it. I don't think it impacts the story negatively. Again, um, we get glimpses of a lot of our, the couples we've already met. Um, we see, like I said, we see Sasha and Lucas, their baby is born. Um, we'll obviously see Indigo and Drew because we're in Snow Dancer. We see Judd and Brenna because we're in Snow Dancer. Um, but there's mentions of Faith and Clay and because, ooh, when Pure Psy attacks, everyone comes together to work to hold San Francisco and that region. Um, the rats work together with Snow Dancer and Dark River and Windhaven, the Falcon unit, is helps um, with their alliance. Ooh, and I totally forgot. And this is the book where there's the first mention of Black Sea. Black Sea is a coalition of water changelings. So when I first read this, I remember being like, water changelings? Bitch, what the fuck does that mean? And many books uh, later will get Ocean uh, Light, which is about uh, you know Black Sea specifically. Um, and so, yeah. This is where we first hear about Black Sea. And I was just like, this is where it begins. All the questions. Because as opposed to Snow Dancer, Wolves, Dark River, Lovebirds, Windhaven, Windhaven, Falcons, um, Black Edge and Stonewater are mentioned briefly because they're near Caleb um, in Moscow. Uh, but Black Edge is wolves. Stonewater is bears. Black Sea is a coalition of all water changelings. That's right, guys. All water changelings. And what kind of water changelings might there be? I'm actually not going to tell y'all because I'll tell y'all when we get there or later. We'll see. We'll see more of this. So this book, I think maybe because it's book 10 sort of like the what is 10 in is it deca i think so um this book really is like okay war has really more or less been declared now where does that war sort of go and what happens um so there's a lot of I feel like in this book where we we've had questions answered right we know Hawk can be mated and we are so happy for him and Sienna and we're just like yay but we're also realizing that there's a hell of a whole lot that we still didn't know and what will that mean later down the line um and like, for example, like what what's happened to Henry? Because Henry was at was it was injured. Um, is he dead? Is he alive? Is he gonna die? Can he die? Um, as as in case you weren't sure, Mac cannot stand him. 
I mean, I feel that way about pretty much all the quote-unquote bad counselors. So, like, Henry, Shoshana, Tatiana. I'm like, motherfuckers die. I don't like y'all. Hurry up. Go away. Disintegrate already. Ming. Another one. Die, sir. Die painful, awful, terrible death. Um, Caleb gets his own book, which is the only reason I'm not like, if you don't, stop being a psycho. And I like Anthony and, and Nikita. And part of that is because, you know, who, like, Anthony's daughter is Faith. He's clearly been a rebel this entire time on some level. Nikita's daughter, Sasha, she hasn't been a rebel, but she, I think we realize in this book that Nikita has done what she's done to make sure her daughter will survive, even if her daughter hates her. Which is like, oh, what? Um, okay, so yeah, the next book is Tangled of Need, which is Riaz's book. Yes, guys, Riaz. That's the next book. So if like Riaz was a character that stood out to you in Play of Passion, you were like, well, does he get his own love story? He does. And his his love interest, we have met her. I'm not going to say who. I feel like not spoiling it just yet. But we've met her. And oh, their story is interesting. And oh, Arya... I had written an article about unlikable heroine, heroines, um, and she mentioned she talked about some of the side changeling heroines. And in it, she, um, I had mentioned this article previously. It was on Smart Bitches, Trashy Books, um, website. I'd mentioned this article previously because one of the one she mentioned several heroines in the side changeling world. One of them was Talon, um, from Book Four, but another one is Audria and. I want I will be talking about that again in that book uh next week because um again I get really really aggravated at the term unlikable heroine because I always feel like it's not it's applied to women who aren't simpering little misses like and who are sometimes even more guarded than the man but the thing is, it's one thing if you're hella guarded for no factual reason. I can understand, like, I don't like her. She was, like, hella cold and closed off. And there was no back, no reason given for it. But in the case of this heroine, she has very perfectly valid reason for her reactions and Riaz is like I like him but he is oh question so I will be going into that um I when was it sorry I like paused dramatically like y'all could see me um I was on the Ram book pod um podcast recently I believe it's episode one 127 I believe um talking with Danny Reeds about unlikable heroines and I just um I don't like the term because I I honestly feel like it's only ever applied to heroines that aren't just like oh sweetness and light or give 
the guy a hard time but if the guy is being a dick i want her to give him a hard time i want her to just roll over and be like but i love you so i guess it's fine that you're treating me this way what no and i think bringing it back to that that what i read to you guys about sienna characters especially female characters that are so strong and stand their ground if you don't like that i mean i'm sorry i feel like that's weird and you might be like esther you shouldn't judge what other people like you're right you're right i shouldn't but like i still think it's weird um and i just like sorry guys but (laughs) the come what may sentence is or phrase is sticking with me because i'm like what is that from (gasps) oh it's from moulin rouge oh my goodness i was like come on me what is that what what where have i heard that oh with nicole kidman and ewan mcgregor that came out in 2001 meaning next year it will be 20 years old jesus christ so long ago but yeah um all right so i'm gonna pause here i'm going to go uh, pause i'm probably gonna throw in like goats or some random sound then i'm gonna come back and talk about some other romance novels jazz okay and talk to you in like a uh, 70 segundos All right, so I'm back. Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, or at the beginning of the episode, I was like, I'm not reading any contemporary. I've just been reading historical. I lied. I did read a contemporary. Um, I read Temporary Wife Temptation by J.C. Lee. And this is a, a Harlequin Desire. And it's um, J.C. Lee is a debut author. So this is, I'm assuming, her first book, or at least her first book with her. No, I think it's her first book. Anyway, this book has two, or two main characters uh, are Korean-American. I believe the female heroine is half, whereas he is full. But anyway, the the cover is awesome. Like, I think the cover is absolutely stunning. I want, I want to meet them, hang out with them maybe boink them you're like tmi esther tmi yeah whatever guys anyway uh so basically i'm gonna read you guys the little blurb that's on uh nypl's like whatever garrett's song is this close to taking the reins of his family's la fashion empire until the song matriarch insists he marry her hand-picked bride first to block her matchmaking, he recruits Natalie Sabol to pose as his wife. She needs a fake spouse as badly as he does. But when passion burns down their chaste agreement, the flames could destroy them all. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I felt like I needed to be really dramatic. I thought this was really cute, really sweet. So it's a fake marriage of, you know, marriage of convenience trope uh there's a baby involved but it's like like she needs to adopt a baby um what else i mean it's mainly yeah they get married because like he needs to block his grandma his grandma's choice of 
potential bride and she needs that she'll look better for adoption if she's married you know that age old I want to adopt this child but like I'm single and it's like but if I have a husband it works out right um I thought it was really I really enjoyed the story um I liked how Garrett and Natalie sort of came together um I do think that there were moments where it f- almost felt like the um, because the underneath temporary wife temptation it says the heirs of the Hansel series book one so I do feel like there were moments in the book where I was like ooh you're clearly setting this up for the next book but overall I did enjoy and I mean it it is a Harlequin so it's not a long read it's a pretty fast read came out January 31st 2020 so it's a it's a newbie uh so definitely look for it online or at your public library um and when I say at your public library I mean not physically at the library don't don't do that if your library isn't already closed don't go or get get the book um through their online platform um for for New York City, right? The New York Public Library uses a uh, yeah. What's the name of the app? Um, ugh, the Simply E app, and you can get a virtual library card to use on this app. Um, and doesn't I don't think it matters where you technically reside. Um, normally New York Public Library serves um the Bronx Borough, the Manhattan Borough, and the Staten Island Borough. But I believe for the virtual e-card, I don't even think you need to be a resident of New York State or City. Um, I think you, as long as you're um, able to fill in the application or whatever, you're fine. Um, If you are living in Brooklyn or Manhattan, which have their own library, Brooklyn or Manhattan, Brooklyn or Queens, which have their own library systems, you can use Libby, um, that's a library app and both, I'm not a, I live in the Bronx, so I'm not a resident of either Brooklyn or Queens, but they both offer e-library cards. So library cards to be used solely to, um, um, borrow digital content. I believe the Brooklyn one, it's for a year. Uh, Queens, I don't remember if they said it was for a year or whatever, but it was kind of like, the deal is like, you're not coming up into our library to borrow books because you don't live in Queens, but we will let you have access to our catalog, our online catalog. So you can then have both library cards on the Libby app. So what else I'm so now what I do when I need to put a book on hold, I literally search for it on all three and see like how long the hold time is. Um, and depending on how soon I need to read the book, I'll either choose the shortest or the longest whole time because I'm like I want to put this book on hold but like I ain't gonna have time in the next like three weeks so the book's gonna be ready in three weeks like I know I, I need this book to be ready in six weeks when I'll have time so you have that option now you're like Esther what if we don't live in New York City which you know <laughs> right now you're probably like that's fucking great that I don't live there um definitely go to your public library's website wherever you live and either i mean you could also just in google be like your your city your town whatever and then library 
e-card and see what comes up or search for it on their site a lot of libraries have done this um i know that you can also use overdrive some for some libraries it's overdrive some it's libby it really depends on your library system i have no way of knowing that obviously um but definitely use them as a resource because i think they're i mean i love libraries i think they're amazing um i hope that as everyone gives money to all of these industries, uh, libraries are cons- are not just considered, but get money because like we need them. Okay, so then from there, oh, the two historicals that I'm reading are also, I borrow them from the library. Um, the first one, so there's Scandal in Spring by Lisa Klepis. So because I'm hopefully still going to KISSCON. It's been postponed now till August, assuming the world has not come to an end by then, um, in Chicago. I had wanted to read more of Lisa Klepa's backlist because I'd read a lot of her books, but like 10, 15 years ago. So I've been sort of going through and reading a lot of the, the, the backlist and Scandal in Spring, right, is... Daisy Bowman, whose older sister, oh, so these are the Wallflower books, um, and Daisy, uh, chapters, mm, not now, baby, mm, nope, nope, not in the prologue, I'm trying to see, where is it, what page is it where they're like, these are, oh, I think it's at the end, Beer. No. Um. Wait, what's that? Sorry, guys. I like just saw in Libby that it looks like there's bookmarks, but like they're not mine. Are they other people's bookmarks? Don't know. Say. Anyway, this is part of the Wallflower series, um, that Lisa Klepis has. So, Daisy is friends with Evie who ends up with St. Vincent, and I believe that's Devil in Winter. Um, so this is like, I, I'm i not finished it, but it was one of those where at first I was like, have I read this one? And then as I started rereading, I was like, ooh, I sure have. Um, but like, because it was so long ago, the details aren't as like fresh in my mind. But I'm enjoying it. And then the other one, which that one I got from New York Public Library, is Tessa Dare's When a Scott Ties a Knot. I have not read this before. Um, and I'm actually very excited to be reading this. This is part of the Castles Ever After series. Um, and it's book three, I believe. Romancing the Duke is book one. Book two is Say Yes to the Marquess. And then uh, book three is when Scott ties the knot. And I, what I thought was so curious about, like, interesting about this one is our main, our two main characters, our heroine, she doesn't want to get married and is so petrified that she gets sent to Brighton just before the season starts. Um to like mingle and get prepare her for life um during the season and in London and she makes up that she's met a dashing captain whose name is Logan McKenzie and she makes up a uh, she makes up a regiment for him but she gives him rank of captain and she is you know he's 
basically asked her to wait for him and so she waits for him but he's not real and she writes him letters and she ends up killing him off here's the fun part there is an actual logan mckenzie who is a captain who is scottish and did get all her letters even though she wrote and made up bridgement and he shows up being like so we're gonna get married because i need land and she's like skirt skirt what skirt what wait what and so I've literally just started it so I I think I'm only like two or three chapters in but I'm really curious to see where this goes um because his reason for wanting to get married is like you're like oh he wants land he's money hungry or he's um grabby hands but no the Scottish went off to fight and come home to a lot of their lands haven't been taken over by English landlords which is like really so I went I went I went to fight for y'all and y'all took my land and he is with what is left of his regiment who all came like they all come home but some of them come home to their wives or sweethearts having married other people family members having died there's one man in his regiment whose mother and younger siblings all died before they got home and when they got there the house was a burnt out shell and on top of that he was so his injury means he has lost um he no longer has a short-term memory so every day is a new day to him and he's like oh when are we going to go see her and it's like uh, what and so he wants this land to be able to give his men at least a home so clearly like i mean he's you know showing up on homegirl's doorstep like so we gonna get married so i can get this castle and this land you got but it isn't because he just is like, I want land. It's because he's like, we, my men need something. So I'm really curious to see like where it goes. And I'm like excited. Um, and I like Tessa Dare. Um, so I know that I'm probably going to enjoy this book. Vitty, vitty, vitty much. Okay, so last but not least, actually, probably most importantly, um, there are two contemporaries that are coming out very soon. Um, one actually will be out when you listen to this podcast. It is out March 30th um, and the other is out April 24th. March 30th is American Sweethearts by Adriana Herrera and she is an awesome author. I've been lucky enough to meet her at different romance author events in the New York City area because she lives in the New York City area and she is awesome and I love her and I'm very very excited the cover has like a really really hot dude and um he like it's afro latinx representation he's um a reformed fuckboy and if you're like gay is un fuckboy so like I almost wonder if fuckboy is the contemporary term for rake, right? Like, a guy who goes out there and, like, sleeps around, is kind of a hoe, ain't commit to nobody, casual, 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 hmm, hmm. Let me know if, if y'all agree or not. Uh, and it's also a second chance um, story. So I'm like, ooh, okay. So that comes out tomorrow, March 30th, or no, no, to when you're listening it will be out and available so please um especially since 
there will be no um, in-person author events because of what's going on, uh, hit up your local bookstore and order the book so that it can um, be shipped to you. Um, if you're in the Bronx, you can hit up the lip bar and have them ship it to you, your home. Um, then the other one, um, this book comes out April 24th. I found out about it today, pre-ordered it already because in case, I feel like y'all should know who I'm about to say because I say her name. I feel like every other episode, but whatever. Katrina Jackson, because I feel like in some episodes I like let the R get a little too like rolled up and whatever, and it's like <laughs> Katrina Jackson has Office Hours coming out April twenty fourth, guys. We've got our two main characters are both people of color. Um, the female character is a burnt out sociology professor who is a black woman and um, our uh, male character is a cinnamon roll historian in tailored suits. Okay, tailored suits. Do you know what that means? If you're not sure what that means, just type in tailored suits into uh, any search bar and you're going to get wonderful examples of that. Um, and he's Mexican-American. So I'm just already like um, sort of drooling. Oh my God. Oh, it's like Jody Slaughter. Jody Slaughter? Yes. Jody Slaughter's um, white whiskey bargain. I was like, oh my God. Wait, is it Jody Slaughter? Or is it. See, you're all going to laugh, but like, I t- learned Spanish before I learned English. And so sometimes I'm like, so Slaughter is laughter with an S in front. So why isn't it slap? Like, but then how would you. Laughter? Slaughter? Yeah, that does sound crazy. So Jody's probably like, why the fuck are you fucking up my name? I'm so sorry. It's just there are moments where my mind is like, eh, is that correct? Um, so I apologize, Jody. I, I, I do. Um, but her book, White Whiskey Bargain, had a, a black heroine and a Mexican mexican-american hero and now katrina jackson's book office hour is gonna have black hair and a mexican-american hero i mean completely different context why whiskey bargain is about moonshine and the uh, sort of illicit uh, business behind it is really really good um and this is about like people who are you know working in academia and like one of them wears suits guys i'm like I'm internally drooling at the fact that homeboy is wearing suits. Like, I'm just like, thank you, Katrina, so very much for this, this wonderful, beautiful present that we absolutely needed. Um, so that comes out April 24th. So, yeah, I will put all the books that I talked about in the show notes, right? JC Lee's book, um, Adriana's book, Katrina's book, Tessa's book, Lisa's book, um, Nolini's book. <laughs> um, I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? I think that's it. I mean, you know, do your best to be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Stay as safe as you can. Um, if social media is driving you up the wall walk away it's okay i mean i get it um 
I'm currently for my uh, day job handling the customer service for our website and I want to stab my eyeballs out like just gouge them out um I hate it I I really hate customer service but I'm doing my best and I'm I I, I'm being polite and uh, trying to be a beat but ooh, god I mm. anyway but I'm thankful, right? Because I've I've got a job. I could have been laid off. So I'm thankful. Um, I'm also thankful that you guys are listening. You don't have to. Um, but you do. And I really do appreciate you guys listening to me ramble. Um, is there anything else? I don't believe so. I believe that's all for today. And, uh, and next week I will be doing Tangle of Need. Riaz's book. Um... And I'm going to sort of have an expanded conversation about unlikable herons in that episode. Only because, you know, uh, heroin is labeled as such by some and they are wrong. (laughs) So sorry, but they are wrong. She's quite wonderful. I quite enjoy her. Um, So yes. Be safe, uh, be kind, and I will see you all in a week's time. Ooh, that rhymed. Okay, bye.